0: Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question
1: and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney.
0: Well, this week, we want to welcome back a Disneyland local and magic key holder, a senior travel planner and director of partnerships with concierge, Bethany. Oh, also, concierge who helped us book our Disney cruise, by the way. Check her out. (laughs) She's amazing. (laughs) Bethany, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: And also joining us this week is the
1: community manager for DL Weekly Podcast and a longtime Disneyland fangirl. Welcome back, Kate. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you both for joining us.
0: Let's just jump in here. Tag, what's your first question? All right. So I was thinking about something unique. So my question this week is, if you could reconfigure a Disney park, you can keep all the attractions, the restaurants and everything... But you kind of rearrange them better? Which park would you reconfigure? It doesn't actually have to make sense or be like practical. It's just like in your imaginary world. Bethany, what's the park for you?
2: Well, I'm not getting too fancy with this. I'm what people like to call it a, a purist. So I really like the... I like things the way that they are, especially Disneyland, which is surprising because I picked Disneyland as a park that I would reconfigure. But... Basically the only things that I would change is just making it a little bit more maybe like Magic Kingdom or DCA with those wider walkways because when it's a crowded day and I'm pushing my giant double stroller those pinched points in Fantasyland Adventureland and that little spot between Frontierland and Pirates it it drives me nuts. <laughs> it is so hard to get through and it's just it's painful. So I would just kind of widen all of those areas to make Some more space. (laughs) Eric, you have something more creative to share? (laughs) I don't know
1: if it's more creative. (laughs) DCA is where I would look. DCA has evolved quite a lot over time, but it's still kind of, I mean, you you can kind of find your way. You walk in a little ways and you kind of find your way to Pixar Pier where all the big stuff is. But Avengers Campus, I think, is just kind of hidden. Like, if they weren't blaring music, you might walk right by it. So. Or maybe, you know, you walk the wrong way. You don't even see the tower because of just the sight lines and everything. So I'd say make that more prominent. Move it off to the side. Like, maybe swap with with either the San Francisco area or the completely empty Hollywood land street. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say, like, shove the Hollywood area to the back so nobody would ever go there but make it make it something a little more obvious that there's there's somewhere to go. Nobody's going to miss Avengers. Like, if they're going to DCA, they're going to find it. But it just feels so weird and shoehorned in. Let's make things feel a little more organic and actually planned, you know? That's me. Kate, what do you think?
3: So th- this is a bit of a struggle because, you know, I, I like things the way they are. I'm comfortable there. <laughs> but if if pressed, I would say... Disneyland could maybe use a little rearranging. I feel like New Orleans Square is kind of expanding now <laughs> with the uh the change in Splash Mountain to Tiana's Bayou. So, I'm I'm thinking maybe we need to move what's left of Critter Country over to the other side of Frontierland over kind of in that space between Fantasyland and the far side of Big Thunder Mountain. And then I would move all of the Star Wars attractions to Galaxy's Edge because there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room for <laughs> Galaxy's Edge to take those over. And then we could have some room for the um, much needed changes to Tomorrowland. We could do something with the old motorboat attraction area. I think, yeah, that, that could free up some some space and make things a little more sensical how about you tag what do you think <laughs> well
0: i just think it's funny because i'm like so you want to take one of the arguably two attractions in tomorrowland that actually bring people there and move it so literally there's just space mountain
3: yeah but in this fantasy there's going to be a total redo of oh. Tomorrowland. oh so. i mean i
0: think that's the biggest <laughs> fantasy right there is that there's gonna be a... yeah
3: I, i'm starting to lose hope but you know
0: They've got to do... Anyway, they said they're yeah. going to spend billions of dollars at the parks. I think that would be a great place they, to start. They need
3: to, they need to spend billions of dollars just there.
0: Yes. Every <laughs> time they start taking down the Astro Orbiter, I get hope. And then it's like, nope, it's just a refurbishment. I'm like, great. They're not going to spend yeah. money to refurbish it if they're going to tear it out in the next year or two. Dang it. That's
3: funny. I was just in the parks with some friends, and they saw that Astro Orbiter was all disassembled, and... They were like, oh, are they are they going to be getting rid of it and doing something with Tomorrowland? And I had to break the sad news. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I don't know why everybody decided to pick Disneyland and DCA. I mean, there's so many more parks. And the one that I find infuriating is Hollywood Studios. It was because... hard for me to, to make that choice because, yeah. You, you, I'm, I'm sure you'll get it. <laughs> you could have totally gone with that, too. But the the reasons that, that you were talking about, Eric, that things just seem in DCA kind of like uh, not planned out, just kind of like there's a free spot to put something. That's how I feel <laughs> like Hollywood Studios, because I feel like of all of the parks that I've been to, with the exception of maybe Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris that I found this park the hardest to navigate because there's a dead end road that you go down to get to two popular attractions and really nothing else. There's you go forward and at the the time when I went there, I know it's changed now, but Gala well no Galaxy Desert was open. There was there was another dead end kind of spot where Midway Mania used to enter, because now they have you enter the other way, so maybe it's not that mm-hmm. big of a deal. But it was just oh, yeah. kind of... There was just all these, like, dead ends, which I thought was, like, really against Disney, stuff, with the exception of, like, Critter Country before they had a Galaxy's Edge. Yes, I know people. But so many of them in this one park... And when they did Toy Story Land and they did Galaxy's Edge, it just, again, it's one of those, they just had the room there. So I don't know exactly how I would reconfigure it, but I would reconfigure it. I would move stuff around, I would try to make the flow of that park better, because that flow is not great. My, my backup was Disney California Adventure, because just like you said, Eric, they've just kind of put stuff where they've put stuff, and some of it makes sense, and some of it doesn't make sense, and it's just kind of a hodgepodge. So, obviously, I think if they would have known where they were going with the park and built it with the stuff they have there in mind now, it would be different. But it is what it is. But I'm also with the two of you, Bethany and Kate, that Disneyland's kind of perfect. I mean, other than the fact that their walkways are a little uh, cramped sometimes, I think it's a great park. I love, and, and probably some of that is nostalgia and comfort with knowing where everything is and not wanting things to move around. But I think it works all together. Totally, yeah. And that wraps up our first question. Let's go to Bethany for their question.
2: So, as Tag mentioned, I am a Disney travel planner with Confears. And so, my question is, what is the best advice that you've gotten for your vacation to Disney parks? Whether it's Disneyland, Disney World. I'm really curious to hear, like, what really good advice that you've received to help you on your trip. So, Eric?
1: Well, I... (laughs) Received so many different tips over the years, but I think the one that really sticks is something that we we kind of inherently did when we were kids, which is go to the parks early and then save time for the pool. Uh, because it, I mean, I, I remember what it was like when we were kids. We had a pool in our backyard, yet this was a bigger pool at a hotel. So we always wanted to spend time in the pool. So if you're going to Walt Disney World especially, hit rope drop, get a whole bunch of attractions in real early, have a plan for that. And then get out of the park when it gets hot, when all the people start showing up, leave, go back to the hotel, you know, relax, sit in the pool, take some time for an an arcade. I don't know. And then head back in the evening for for dinner, for fireworks, all of that stuff that it's it's so interesting to see, because my sister travel. I mean, so I've made it pretty clear over the years. I'm not this person. I don't. I, I don't generally do rope drop unless I'm being coerced or I'm there with somebody else who needs to do rope drop. <laughs> because I, my wife and I do really casual trips. But if I'm there with my sister, where she's like, "I've got four kids. We're hitting as much as we can get out of this trip." <laughs> I get it. So we do this, and it's worked out so well. And even at at Magic Kingdom, at any of the Walt Disney World parks, you see it. You see it work out really well if you just have a a vague sense of okay here're the things that we want to do okay that's busy move on to the next one keep going we'll come back and it everybody seems pretty happy you know my dad'll always be the nice grandpa who goes off and gets some get some snacks for everybody because they all ate breakfast way too early back at the hotel so he'll he'll go off and get coffee and come back with with some food for everybody and then it's pretty much well the wait times are all an hour. Let's go, and it's like ten thirty, but but it works out so well because you already hit like ten things. So yeah, I really like that that advice. Not always great for me, but it 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 does it really works quite a bit. Kate, what do you think?
3: So I feel like I'm usually the person who gives advice to people. So I this was hard for me to come up with something, but I think some of the best advice i've gotten disney disney trips tend to feel like you have to plan every single second and it's gotten i think more that way as of lately so i think the advice i would i would say is, is good as good is to not over plan and to leave some room in your day to you know have some spontaneity and you know also things go wrong and you know we've all been in line and had a ride breakdown or you know had a child that loses it and needs to take a nap <laughs> at an unexpected time so i think you know if you overplan those kind of bumps can be devastating and also you know there's so much magic that happens around you at Disneyland and you know the other parks if you just stop and you know take it all in so i I think people miss a lot when they're just you know they're they're they've got their agenda and they're doing one thing and on to the next thing on the list and I've seen lots of very upset people in the parks when they're when their plans go awry, so that I think is is really good advice to to try to you know plan the things that are important but also leave plenty of room to experience some of the magic that you did not have planned. Teg, do you have any hot tips for us?
0: I will say, I do have a follow-up question for you though, Kate. Yeah. So since you're the one who usually gives advice, what is the yeah. best advice that you typically give?
3: <laughs> oh, so many things. <laughs> but I mean, that that actually is advice that I give to people a lot. And I also I have some you know, podcasts that I recommend to people to listen to <laughs> before they go. I often give the advice to to use a travel planner because that was not something that I even knew about, and I think a lot of people still don't don't know that that's a possibility. But oh gosh, I this is I think for Disney World people, this is obvious, but not so much Disneyland people. I often tell people to visit the hotels hmm. because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, the Grand Californian at Christmas, I love it so much more than the parks in some ways. There's always like entertainment and really cool decorations and delicious snacks.
0: Doesn't cost anything.
3: Yeah, it, exactly. So that that's a, advice I give a lot to people because I think that's something that people do tend to overlook and people don't realize how much is going on at the hotels yeah. and now yeah you know. yeah
0: all right well i was just curious because you said you usually <laughs> give the advice and so i was like yeah. well tell us that then i also just want to mention eric your idea of pool time i will never understand i don't have kids so you <laughs> can see like, by the look on your face you're that's like, a whole pool thing <laughs> but if i'm like even when even when tickets weren't expensive the fact that I would take time out of the park to go <laughs> do something else that I could do at home or whatever, no, not happening. Not for me. I I am once I'm in the park, I'm there until I'm ready to go back to the hotel and go to sleep. Like that is just what i want to do so people i get it for like kids that need like a break or whatever but like that is not me that's probably why i don't have kids because i feel like it wouldn't work very well
1: well there you go but yeah and that's I, that's definitely a if you've got a family there sort of situation because yes. i i can see i know you're you're one of those people that just squeezes every last bit out of out of the parks time i try to but i have seen my sister successfully not have any
0: meltdowns on given days so <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also agree with Kate. Don't overplan things. I'm a very let the Disney winds take you person, which is why I don't like things like Fast Pass and Lightning Lane and virtual queues. But the best advice that I've received, I don't know if I received it, but I definitely am going to give it to people, which is... And will Disney World stay on property? I go... Eric, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. I will <laughs> never understand why anybody stays on property at Disneyland. But at <laughs> Disney World, I think it is a necessity. Because we, the very first time I went to Disney World, we stayed off property. And it was... Like, the hotel was fine. Our parks and everything were fine. But getting from our hotel to the parks was not fun. We had a little shuttle that stopped at 15 other hotels on the way towards the end of the night it would come once an hour so if you like just missed it you were literally sitting in the bus drop-off area of epcot because the only place that people are allowed to drop stuff off on property apparently is at epcot so if you're going to like magic kingdom or anything like that you've it's you got to take another form of transportation but if you're on property, you just take the bus wherever you're going, or you take the Skyliner, or you take the monorail if you're staying at a monorail loop, you know, hotel. Personally, love the Skyliner. So, definitely stay on property at Walt Disney World. It's totally worth it. You can find prices for rooms that are similar to what you would get on Harbor Boulevard at Disneyland kind of things. You know, it's not like at Disneyland where they only have the three hotels and they all cost an arm and a leg. Definitely with Disney World, stay on property. I don't know if I received that advice, but I experienced that advice, and I always give that advice. And again, it's not the same at Disneyland. Disneyland, you do not have to stay on property. If you want to stay in the bubble, Eric, I'm sure, can talk to you about it for hours. (laughs) But I'm uh, staying somewhere cheap across the street. We love our friends over at the Hojo that partner with DL Weekly to give some discounts to our listeners and stuff like that. But I used to just stay at the super cheap on Catella, there was a Super 8 on Catella. It's now something else. But it was like 70 bucks a night. And I'm like, all I need is a bed. There was no bugs. We're good. Bethany, how about you? As a, as a travel planner, you must have all types of advice that you give out and stuff to your people.
2: Well, I got to say, everything that you guys have said, that's all advice that I have given to families that are going to Disney. Usually, like first-time Disney families, the midday break is key if you have kids no matter how old they are always taking that midday break, whether you go to a pool or not, having that nap time is huge. And then over planning is like, Oh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. I have people asking for two or three dining reservations in a day. And I'm like, so we're not going to do that, please. Because you're going to not have time for anything. (laughs) You're just going to be going from dining reservation to dining reservation. and That's not how you want to have your, your trip go. And then staying on property at Disney world. Yes. That's, that's key. 100% key. I can't imagine waiting so long for a shuttle. So and I'm with Eric on staying on property at Disneyland too. I definitely <laughs> used to never want to do that. But now that I've stayed at all three resorts on property, I'm like, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the advice that is my favorite that I've ever received. and I, I, It's something that I had to remind myself of when I took my family to Disney World for the first time last year. And it's funny because we were in Hollywood Studios, and I was having the hardest time finding everything and getting so frustrated because it just—it didn't make sense. I thought I knew where everything was, but I kept getting turned around and finding those dead ends. And I—and it was also our first park day, and I just got so frustrated. and My husband had to pull me aside and be like, "Remember, like, it's gonna be okay. Like, we'll get done what we get done, and that's fine." So just making sure that you're not trying to do every single thing in the parks. Like it's impossible. It is physically impossible to do everything that there is to do in one park in one day, much less if you're park hopping, it's impossible. So what what I have implemented with my planning is I have your like top six. So I have this form that I'll send to clients and say, pick your top six things. This includes somewhere to eat, a snack, a nighttime show, somewhere where you wanna get a family picture. Those are your must-do things, attractions, obviously, too. Have those on a list and check them off as you get them done. And then everything else after that is bonus and extra. And you have this, this feeling of accomplishment, but also kind of a laid-back trip. And I feel like it really does change your perspective and make it so much more magical. And, Teg, like you were saying with the Disney wins, I mean, oh, that that's when a trip really becomes amazing because you just – you let Disney magic just guide you wherever you're going to go. And I think that happens a lot when you're open to it. So. What
0: I want to understand is and this will be kind of a bonus question for you guys. Just out of curiosity, when did vacations stop being vacations? I feel like when you have everything <laughs> planned out and everything is like whatever, how can you enjoy yourself? Like, if you go uh, in with no expectations, true. and you just, you know, you do the bare minimum, Disney Disneyland, specifically, you have to have a reservation. So, like, okay, there's a little bit of planning that you have to do there. Obviously, you have to have your park ticket and all that stuff. But whatever happened to just, like, show up at the park and, like, just see what happens? I tell this to Teresa all the time. I love just, let's just go this way. Hey, that line doesn't look too long right now. Let's just hop on that oh, that over there looks pretty good. Oh, the Dapper Dads are out. Oh, this. And it's just so much more relaxing than, oh, I've got to be, we have a dining reservation at this time and we've got this at that time and this at that time. Like, I just hate it because I is can't it, relax. I'm just stressing about it the whole time. Is
1: it like social media FOMO? Like, we're, we're told, you've got to have this snack this time. You'll only Probably. get it for a month. Probably. I don't know. Yeah,
3: I think, I think, yeah, I think so. for sure that and I think the amount of money people are spending there's yeah. like a feeling like you really have to get your money's worth but but honestly take that's what disney cruises are for because you really you can't over plan them because you don't even really know what's happening on the ship until you're on the ship <laughs> so, so that's one of the, I think, the benefits of, of a cruise is that, I mean, there's a little bit of pre-planning and things that you have to sign up for ahead of time, but it's not anywhere near the level of, you know, going going on a big parks trip.
0: Bethany, do you find when you're booking clients' experiences that, that what how, what percentage do you find want, like, I want all of these things planned out and I want an itinerary and all of this stuff versus... Just get us something and like we'll have a good time.
2: I have a lot more laid back clients than I do high maintenance. That's good. Yeah, which is really nice. And I think a lot of that is, you know, anytime I have somebody contacting me for a trip, I always like to set up a phone call because then it it gives us the opportunity to get to know each other. I get to find out what their history is with Disney. And, you know, if they have any kind of history with Disney, they're not going to be asking for a ton of planning. But I do get, I don't know, like a once in a blue moon type of family that are that, that are very rigid on what they are looking to get out of it. And, you know, I, I try to steer them in the right direction as far as like, okay, let's plan for this and then maybe not get too intensive with these plans. But, you know, I, I can only push so much. So <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> But, yeah, I would say I can count, like, less than one hand of clients that have been quite so rigid. Well, so, yeah, good. for the most part, yeah, it's it's more laid back. And you're right. It's a vacation. Like, treat it like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Disney's not helping with needing the reservations and buying Lightning Lane it's and true. mobile order and dining reservations. Like, I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. things wouldn't be as complicated if people could just show up and, like get a table at a restaurant. You know, it's like, when you want to eat, just show up. And just like every restaurant in the real world, you show up and they'll tell you what the wait time is, and you wait till a seat becomes available, and they seat you. I don't know. Yeah, Disney World left that behind a long time ago. <laughs> and I, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't know why Disney pushes for this, but there must be some numbers and statistics somewhere that say it's it's better for their business, or people are requesting it. I
2: bet that they do have more people eating at table service restaurants just because it's hard to get, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a, yeah. a yeah. fear of missing out, like you were saying, Eric and, and just the, the fact that it's hard to get, well, let me, let me prove to myself and everybody else that I can, I can get that hard to get dining reservation and then enjoy some, maybe it's mediocre food instead of how great everybody makes it sound on social media.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that, Bethany. I think, I never used to think about making advanced dining reservations at right. Disneyland. And now. I honestly still you know, don't really. <laughs> I, I, about once every couple months, I'll. Sure. Because I know I'm not going to. We don't cruise in at rope drop. We cruise in like, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning. And I know I'm not going to be able to get in if I don't make the, the reservations ahead of time. So we we do. I have Easter buffet reservations made already and oh, you know I'll make, yeah we'll, well i'll make i really like cafe orleans so i'll make make those reservations or lamplight but it is it's a, a buy-in where i feel like oh well i've got these reservations and it's a big deal so and it, it never used to feel like such a like, big deal to have those reservations so i definitely think yeah there, there's probably more people more demand but I think in the whole reservation system for the parks, too, has created that feeling like it's, you know, it's it's more high stakes. Well, and I think the other thing totally. that seems
0: to come up is you get the panic reservers and the panic buyers and all of this because...
2: you all the reservations. Because <laughs> yeah,
0: I know I want I, one. Maybe. I know that I might want one. So I'm going to get it. And then I know I can cancel it x amount of time before without a penalty so to get it i'm just gonna do it and then a lot of people cancel and it's just like man i don't know i don't i don't know it's obviously not a good solution but it's just frustrating because it's like it,
3: it you know. i am i admit 100 percent. i am that i make a reservation for every single sunday because i don't know if i'm gonna feel like going or not and then a couple days ahead of time once i have an idea of whether you know, what's going on with our weekend, then I'll cancel if, if it doesn't look like it's going to be a good weekend or if it's raining or whatever. But and, I feel like that's yeah.
0: different than things like... Than th- like, I think people get in the line for, you know, Star Wars Nights tickets are on sale this week as we record this. And I feel like people buy the tickets, whether they know if they're going to go or not, because, like, that's the opportunity to get it. And then if they don't, you see a bunch of people like, I have an extra ticket. Would somebody like to buy this off of me?
3: Right. Um, well, because, you know, if you don't jump on it, then... Yeah, it'll be too late.
0: So it's kind of as a catch toy too. Like you can't get tickets because people f- freak out and buy tickets because they might need <laughs> tickets and not be able to get tickets. <laughs>
2: yeah. Maybe that's why they're torturing us with the the release dates for the tickets being so close to the actual events. I couldn't believe how how late it was that they went on sale this time for Star Wars night.
1: Yeah. I mean, is stuff like that more for for locals because if I'm if I'm planning a trip, I'm. I mean, I'm going from Colorado to there. I, yeah, you're right. I would I would want to have that ticket lined up well ahead of time. Otherwise, I'm stuck going. Oh, well, I guess I'll hang out at DCA tonight and go have dinner and ignore the fun party that I wanted to go to.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is targeted more towards locals, but I know so many locals that are mad at. The After Dark events. They're like, I already, well, especially pass holders, right? Like, I already pay so much money, and you're telling me I can't stay in the park, and I have to buy a, another ticket to go to this event? And they're not cheap. I mean, it's more expensive than a park ticket. So, yeah, yeah that's really interesting.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree that it sucks to take park time away from people. Like, I think that that's bad. But, you know, the more I sit down and do the math, I know we hate Saying that like you know even the highest magic keys what like eighteen hundred dollars an hour, or something like that, mm-hmm. if you go frequently and you live in Southern California, you get an incredible deal per visit compared to like a day ticket, so I think it's one of those things you know it's all relative to how we look at it, you know, like when I go to the grocery store, you know if I buy you know a twelve pack of soda, let's say, and it's seven bucks. Well, that seems outrageous to me, but I don't have a problem paying $3 a glass at a restaurant for soda. Mm. It's much less. But it's like, because in the context of the restaurant, that's the price it is, and that's okay. And in the, in the you know, so I feel like that's the same thing with the tickets, too, is totally,
2: we've had yeah. cheap
0: passes, so we think of them as cheap. And so when they are expensive, even though they're still an incredibly good deal... We don't think they're as good of a value anymore, even though most people, if you paid for the regular tickets you would get, it'd be crazy. Anyway, Eric, take us to the halftime, because we we have totally gone off track here. (laughs) Annual Pass Holder Psychology 101
1: here. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Okay, well, we are two questions down. Like Teg said, we are halfway through the show uh head over to the slash support i'm telling you to do this i'm not even asking anymore please wow. no i no we're removing the please we're being we're being forceful about this go over there throw some some dollars at us and support the show you get access to our discord community you can uh, listen to episodes early you get access to our bonus question which this week what street entertainment group is most likely to get you to stop and listen or watch? That's kind of fun. So, if you want to hear us answer that question, then then head over there and and contribute. You can also uh, contribute yourselves to the answer answers to these uh, bonus questions as we'll read off some of the responses in um, during the end of the show. So please, wait, I, I'm too polite. Please, thehubcrawl.com/support.
0: You're not even a Midwest person, oh Eric. Goodness. You don't have the Midwest nice. I
1: I, I was trying to eradicate it, but yeah. no, it didn't work.
0: That's all Coloradans right. Coloradans are pretty nice too. That is true. <laughs> well, it's time to get back to the questions, Eric. What's your question for us? And is it is it as pleasant as you're asking for support? It is pleasant because it evokes strong memories for me, and
1: I know I've got a, a I've got a few answers to this question. I'd like to hear your answers. What is your favorite place to take a picture every time you're in a Disney park? Kate, how about you?
3: So I'm in the parks. Well, I'm at Disneyland a lot. We definitely don't take a picture. We don't take pictures in the park every time we're there. But we do have a couple, I would say, traditions with pictures that we take at Halloween and at Christmas. I always try to get a picture in front of the headless horseman at DCA every Halloween. And then at Christmas we do. Yeah. It's, I love it. I love the headless horseman. And on Christmas, we try to do a, a, well, not on Christmas, but Christmas time, we do a picture in front of the, the tree on main street. You got it. You got to get your, your main street tree picture in. Other than that, I really do. I, I like to take a picture. If I'm getting a castle picture, I actually like to do the one in front of the Walt statue with the, castle in the background i don't mm. i i like that better than being closer up to the to the castle for whatever reason i've always liked that but yeah i photo pass pictures are are the best i just i i just can't get enough of photo pass photographers are always my favorite cast members hey what what, what about you do you uh have a photo you like to take in the parks? So I've
0: had to try to get better at taking photos with myself in them, because for the <laughs> podcast, we found after a few visits that I was taking a lot of photos. So I would take photos of Teresa, and uh, but, but not be in any photos. So she's like, I'd like to put you on some social media posts, but you'd never take any photos. And even when I go with family and stuff, I'm not just... I don't know. I'm just not a photo person. I should be, but I'm just not. So I don't know if I have, like, a specific place. Things that I do like to take photos of, or maybe in front of, is I love the Main Street train station. That is my favorite building in Disneyland. I don't know why. It just is. And then, of course, in front of the castle, because who doesn't like taking a picture in front of the castle? Therese is obsessed right now because they've started taking photo pass photos off to the side of the castle, which does look better. So that's good instead of that head-on shot where you get everybody walking through the castle and in your photo and all that stuff. Even over on like the Tomorrowland bridge, or yeah, yeah, like Just right, right over in that the section, side. there's a okay. there's a good spot. Um, the other side, actually, when I went on the walk in Walt's footsteps tours like a jillion years ago uh they talked about how uh and i didn't even know this back then uh there's a little patch of grass there with a little gate and that's where they take like all little nice wedding photos of the like the bride in front of the castle and stuff they do it off to the side they also said that's where they take all the like castle promotional shots and stuff like that so so yeah you know sides of the castle dca i don't think i have anything in dca that i like to take a picture in front of or anything like that i don't know disneyland's, disneyland's just the park that does it for me uh how about you bethany
2: Well, I, the left side of the castle is my go-to for grabbing, you know, that perfect Disneyland photo and specifically the left side. And I believe that's right where you were saying that that spot is where they take all of those photos. Um, I've actually seen them take families in there for one of those capture your moment sessions. And I'm always like, oh, that's such a good spot. They have it like totally gated off. But yeah, I love that spot. And I always Anytime I'm there, if I have time, I'll always, like, go across that bridge, kind of, that's between the Fantasy Fair area and the castle and just snap a few photos of the castle or, of like, my kids in front of the castle. It's so pretty. I have a video of my daughter twirling right there in a princess dress. It's so cute. But my favorite thing to do is to find a new spot to take photos every time I'm there. Just... I like one time I was there with one of my good friends and we were taking she has a small business so we were taking some photos of her product and we found this little courtyard on Main Street. I can't remember was it is it Center Street is the first one and then Market is the second one or something. I, I can't remember the order or whatever. Yeah, one side. Anyway, was, the one with yeah. the lockers. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and um, you can like hear the shops up above, and it's always kind of empty in there because people don't people like go to the lockers and then they leave. They never hang out in that area, and it's just I don't know. It has that like beautiful nostalgic Main Street vibe, but not with a ton of people. So it's a really great spot to take photos. And actually, Eric, I have some photos of you from when we did our social media challenge for our last retreat <laughs> in front of the dentist's office, and those always crack me up. I, like I was gonna one. say, yeah. <laughs>
1: And the test wall's over there, too. I recently learned.
2: Yes! Yes! Learned
1: about that one. I so, that. yeah. Yeah, that was fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you, Eric?
1: Well, of course, castle shots. Yeah. Anything with a with a PhotoPass person. Brandy and I did PhotoPass really early on for our honeymoon, where they actually gave us a disc with all of our photos on it. So, we're big fans of, of all of that. Uh, but... Just taking shots myself, there are two places that we always take a picture, whether or not my wife is with the one is in star tours where we're walking past c three p o and I always take a picture with her posing near c three p o and when she's not with, I still take that same picture and I still post it and my family my family gets so upset they're like, "Why are you taking it? She's not even there." <laughs> but it's just something you, it, when I walk past at least once a trip I'm like i gotta take that picture, and the other one is in d c a uh there's a it, there's a spot basically between fiddler Pfeiffer and practical the the starbucks and the the fountain so there's a spot there with Carthay in the background, and we take a shot i take a shot of brandy there every time again whether or not she is (laughs) rich but it's just one of those things we like to look back and, and compare my sister asked me once she's like you take the same pictures every time i'm like yeah but i've we've been going to these parks pretty consistently for for 15 16 years now so you get to compare you know you get to see you know how yeah how how amazingly thin and in in shape we were when we were doing all the run disney races and how out of shape we are now <laughs> sometimes we feel bad we go oh we got to get we got to get healthy again but but yeah like it's a great way to kind of mo- mark your moment in time and remember different trips and that's something where like most most disney trips i have a very clear timeline of what happened and when and it, brandy's always surprised she's like how do you remember that I'm
0: like well we take the same pictures every time i don't know and that helps for
1: for that purpose for me at least
0: i want to point out something so you were talking about oh. the castle photo so i was i have my bookshelf and my disney stuff next to me now and so i was like oh i'm sure i have that angle somewhere in one of these books so i pulled up my disneyland memories of a lifetime book And I just wanted to point out something really funny. But first of all, I had flipped through the entire book from the back towards the front. And, of course, the very first photo on the front page (laughs) is from that spot. So, whatever. But it allowed me to find this gem. And then I had to look up what year was this book published because I was like, oh, they don't do that anymore. So, if you don't want to be sad about how Disneyland has... Stop doing things that were amazing before you can skip ahead a few seconds. But I found they had this cool photo of a guy on a bucket, like, replacing bulbs on the the Crystal Arcade or whatever, like, after the park closed. And I glanced over, and they have this paragraph, which, man, I wish was still accurate... Also at night, electricians from facilities and maintenance inspect some of the more than 100,000 light bulbs used at Disneyland Park, including the 11,000 rim lights used to outline the buildings on Main Street. All of the twinking lights on Main Street are replaced when the bulbs reach 80% of their expected life. Not anymore. Not hmm. anymore. Uh, this book we're back to copyright- waiting until they burn out. <laughs> copyright 1999. So,
2: hmm.
1: Well... There, there was your soapbox tag. You found it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. Like I, you know, I, it was, just
2: making it was sure, checking buried out over hole. here.
0: <laughs> you know, just, you know, had to do that. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Kate,
1: take us home. Last question here.
3: Okay, so my question is kind of the opposite of Bethany's question. What is some conventional wisdom or oft-repeated tip about visiting Disney parks that you think is absolutely and completely wrong. Tag, I'm sure you have something to contribute to this.
0: I Well, I said I didn't have a soapbox, uh, and I'm not going to go into it because everybody's heard it before. <laughs> you don't need Genie Plus and Lightning Lane to get on things and enjoy your day in the park. You can just let the Disney winds take you. We've already covered this earlier in the episode but you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to eat all of the food that's on the foodie guides that everybody's talking about. You don't have to put every moment of your trip on Instagram. You don't have to do all of that. You can literally just go. And honestly, you could get through Disneyland without a device like a phone if you wanted to and not use mobile order and not Use Genie Plus or Lightning Lane and just go and actually just enjoy yourself. And that's what I think everybody should do. Bethany, how about you?
2: I love that. And (laughs) it's so funny because my first thought was everybody recommends Genie Plus, especially at Disneyland. It's so overrated, in my opinion, because the amount of attraction that you get for the cost of what Genie Plus is for the type of families that I'm helping plan their trips for. About half the time, it doesn't make sense. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I will oftentimes find myself telling clients, no, don't. Don't spend the extra $30 a ticket for Genie Plus because it. if you're not going to go on all of the big ticket rides, you know, you're going with a two-year-old and a three-year-old or a four-year-old, you know, they're probably not tall enough anyway. Anyway, yeah. Something that I see advertised a lot on social media is purchasing... Tickets or booking your trip through a third party company to save a little money because obviously they're they have agreements with Disney where they buy bulk amounts of tickets and then sell them at a slight discount to the consumer. And I remember when Disneyland was reopening after COVID and it was such a hassle to get tickets. like It was hours and hours and hours of waiting in the virtual queue. Our first experience with that virtual queue, I, for a split second, thought about doing it. I thought about, well, maybe it would be a little bit easier if I do it through this third-party company. But I had such reservations about it. And I'm so glad that I didn't do it because the horror stories that I've heard, now that I'm a travel planner, of people that have purchased those tickets, it's through a third-party company. So essentially, what you're buying is yes, a ticket to Disney, but it's not through Disney. So whenever you have issues with that ticket, Disney can't help you. And it's awful. Like I I heard about somebody buying a ticket for a specific day and then not getting the ticket in time to use it on that day. And, you know, I don't know, the list is endless and it's just such a risk in my opinion. So I always say just go direct to the source. And luckily when you book with us at Concierge, we're booking directly with Disney. So you know that it's not, you know, through a third party company. So no, that that's that's my soapbox, I suppose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's good, Bethany. And I, I like I like that tip because people ask me, well, why can't I just go through, you know, getaway today and buy for a little less? I shouldn't say the name of a, another company,
0: but <laughs> we're already saying they offer an inferior Eric, product. If anybody watches anything to do with Disney traveling, if it's not our podcasts, they <laughs> They advertise Getaway Today. They are freaking everywhere lately. It is. Yeah. can't get away from them.
2: This is true. It just, yeah. It drives me nuts because their marketing is a little bit clickbaity. And it's just, I don't know. I I always say like, oh, you never know what kind of hidden fees there are going to be. You know, I've had people even say like, oh, let's just buy it through AAA. Well, there's a a fee that you have to pay AAA, like a convenience fee. So, (laughs) Sometimes the $4 that you're saving, book it with us, and I'll give you way more than $4 worth of knowledge to help your trip be just great. <laughs> Good plug. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what about you? I want to hear your, uh, your take on this.
1: I, I mean, y- you, you all brought such interesting ideas here. I guess the thing that I'm going to go exactly opposite of what I said at the start of the show, rope drop. <laughs> You don't need to. You don't need to be there at Rope Drop to have a good vacation. If you are, if you're, if you're being more spontaneous, if you're trying to be more chill, you don't need to be there. You don't need to f- fight your way there. You don't need to be part of that morning crush where you're, you walk in and you're just standing in this giant cluster of people on Main Street, wait, waiting to be let go, so you can run to Indiana Jones or whatever. You don't have to do it. I, I certainly generally don't unless I like I said unless I'm with people who want to do it I'm going to sleep in I'm going to have a good breakfast as I've said before I'll even come into the park and have breakfast while everybody's running to their their favorite attractions while I'm eating a croissant at Jelly Holiday it, yeah it, if you've listened to this before you you know you know my opinions on on rope drop so kind of like Tag, I'll 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 we've he's got his genie plus soapbox like he, he had it bronzed. He's used it so many times. And and staying on
0: property at Disneyland.
3: <laughs>
1: and staying on property <laughs> at Disneyland. <laughs> so I'll just pass this off to Kate.
3: <laughs> Eric, I'm I'm with you on that. I've been successfully going to Disneyland for like forty plus years, and I can count on one hand the number of times that I've rope dropped. And yeah, it's, you know, you can absolutely have a a fun day without, you know, being there with the crazed people who are trying to pack it all in. Nothing wrong with that, but you can (laughs) skip that experience if you are not a morning person or just don't want to deal with that.
0: You know, what's funny, though, is because we've done this before. If the park opens at eight, they let people in starting at 730. You do exactly what you said, Eric. You stand on Main Street waiting to get through, like the second thing, the actual rope drop. If you stroll in at 8 30, you avoid all of that <laughs> and you still have short lines. True. Which doesn't Very true. impact, which doesn't solve the problem that you and Kate are talking about that, like not being morning people. But you don't have to be in that crowd of people. You could literally stroll in and still do things with hardly any lines.
3: It's absolutely true. And I actually am a morning person, I just don't enjoy the i don't rope something about rope drop just brings out the crazy in people Fair. that it it stresses me out i can't i can't handle it but my my tip that i hear all the time i watch a lot of you know, youtube videos and what i hear over and over again is how to save money in the parks bring in your own food and i get it you've got little kids they need snacks constantly you've got picky eaters in your group i understand but also, I've seen people carrying giant coolers in the parks because they're going to save $5 by not eating in the parks. And I just, I don't get it. Part of the experience, part of the magic, there's such good food in the parks now. I mean, it was not that way when I was a kid. But now, there's so many good options and, and relatively inexpensive options. And you, you can eat, you can not have a meal. You can just snack all day on inexpensive things and be full and have a great time. So I think skipping the food to save a few bucks is is really you're hurting yourself. Don't do it. That this is my soapbox. <laughs> Kate,
0: I feel I feel like that's the other side of the coin that I hear all the time. I'm not targeting you, Eric, I swear. <laughs> the people who only go to the parks for rides. Like there's so much more to the disneyland experience if you oh. want rides go oh, yeah. anywhere else but if you want the full experience you got to do the shows you got to do the food you got to do the the street entertainment which we're going to talk about in the bonus question here in a few minutes but like i feel like you're absolutely right kate that you that people that go just for one thing are really denying themselves like the whole experience and the I, reason and, that you go to disney
3: and i realize that you know it's different for someone who's a magic key holder or a pass holder, it can go all the time. But, you know, last weekend we went and we ate lunch. We watched the parade. We did a grand circle tour on the train. We did some light shopping. And we had the best time. I, I, I teared up watching the parade. I was embarrassing because it was just like a perfect, fun day. And we didn't really do other than, I mean the train if you consider that a ride you know we had we had a great time and there's just so much more to to the parks that so many people skip because they're yeah exactly that mindset of got to get to the next ride well i think anything
0: i think the one thing that our listeners should take away from this episode this week is go in with no expectations take it all in and you'll have such a better time than if you try to plan a bunch of stuff, if you only focus on one type of thing, and if you're carting around a giant cooler of crap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just say no to the coolers.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, don't get me started on people who bring those like giant wagons in with their. Anyway, that does it for this episode <laughs> of the Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guests. Where can people find you? Do you have anything that you'd like to plug or anything like that? Kate, how about you?
3: I have nothing to plug. But you can find me on the Discord server for Hubcrawl and DL Weekly. I am around. So come and say hi.
0: Also frequently in the park.
3: Yes, also <laughs> frequently. Frequently in the park. Not so much this time of year because I don't I'm from Southern California, so I don't like the rain. But when it's not <laughs> raining, you'll find me in
0: the park. You can you can find her easily because she's always wearing the most Gorgeous dresses that are thematically appropriate for the park,
3: with a brooch. Yes, yes. Ooh. <laughs> my my Disney brooch collection is legendary.
0: If you see someone with a with a child with curly hair walking around Disneyland and they look like they're out of the '60s, that's probably Kate. <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to walk up Kate. to randos and be like, "Are you Kate?" <laughs>
1: Dapper <laughs> dapper days. Uh, Everybody's
3: I love, there. Yeah. I, I, lo- I will be there on Dapper Day. Got my reservations.
1: There we All go. All right. Bethany, how about you?
2: Well, you can find me over at Moms with Magic Plans on Instagram. And if you're planning a trip to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Alhanni, Disneyland Paris, Adventures by Disney. But let's go on. <laughs> feel free to contact me. You can request a quote at concierge.com or you can just find me on Instagram and send me a message there.
0: And I highly recommend Bethany for Disney Cruise Line stuff because she is knocking it out of the park right now for helping me. Uh, with our Disney Cruise. So, yep. Well, join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks everybody.